as we said, we're family. Amen. We're family in the house of God. Amen. Is anybody here joining us for the first time? Do we have any first-time visitors here today? Our projector lamp. Please be with us. Speak to our hearts and grant us everything that we need for this life, even in this message. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. That was some kind of a prayer. Grant us everything that we need in this life, even in this message. Hallelujah. Amen. That's big. <laughs> amen. But it's possible. Amen. All right. So, sacrificial service. And our main text, as I said earlier, is Ezra chapter number 3, verses 7 to 10. We are also going to read um, Romans 1, 12, 1 and 2. We are going to read 2 Samuel 24, 18 to 25. We are going to read 1 Kings 3, 4 to 5. We are going to read 2 Chronicles 7, 1 to 12. And if time permits, we will continue. We will read Malachi 3, 10 to 12. So at least you have the scriptures now so we can run fast, especially because you have to open your Bibles by yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Sacrificial service. So uh, sacrificial service, what is sacrificial service? I like to run with words. So what is sacrifice? Sacrifice, yes. We have some, some college students, some postgrads, and some uh, high school students here. Yes, what is sacrifice? Yes, anybody? Oh, yes, I want to hear you. What, what, what is she trying to say? Hallelujah, what is sacrifice? Anybody? Yes. To offer something. Okay, thank you. Did anybody say something else? Selflessness, besides this, selflessness. Good. Anybody else? Sacrifice. I heard somebody mumbling there. Selflessness. Anybody else? Sacrificial service. Sacrifice. So sacrifice, like you said, to offer something, and then uh, the, the, the soul that presiding through on that was selflessness. To offer something selflessly. Hallelujah. Giving something, I mean, if you have a lot and you give, you are not sacrificing. You are just giving, right? Hello? Doesn't make sense. But when we say sacrifice, sacrifice is when that thing costs you. And the, that is the basics of this message today. If you live here today, remember this. Sacrificial service is the kind of service that costs you. If something doesn't cost you, you may have given all right, but as long as there ain't any cost to you, it is not sacrificial. It is not sacrifice. Hallelujah. And I found, because this is in, in, uh, in the New Testament, let's, uh, well, let's first read Ezra. This projector thing is going to be disruptive. <laughs> Hallelujah, we are spoiled. <laughs> Ezra chapter number 3, verse 7. They also gave money to the masons and the carpenters and food, drink, and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre. Oh, so I, I, I can read from there. Oh, good. So I'll cheat. You guys don't have to see it, but I, I can see the back. <laughs> Hallelujah. So they gave money to the masons and the carpenter and food, drink, and all, uh, an oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre to bring cedar logs from Lebanon to the sea to Jopper, to Jopper, according to the permission which they had, they had from Cyrus, king of Persia. Let's, let's keep going. Verse 8. Now, in the second month of the second year of their coming to the house of God at Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, Joshua, the son of Jezodak, and the rest of their 
brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all those who had come out of the captivity uh, to Jerusalem began work. Began work and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and above to oversee the work of the house of the Lord. So basically, uh, the, the, the theme scripture that pastor gave is telling us that when the people had come from captivity to build the temple, they themselves gave themselves, they gave money to build the house of God. And then, apart from giving money to build, they also offered themselves work. They worked from 20 years and over. How many of years? Uh, uh, more than 20. Oh, hallelujah. 20 years. Some of the supervisors were 20-something years old. They offered themselves to work. I don't see anywhere thereafter that says that they were even paid for their work. Because they were building the temple for themselves, they probably didn't get paid for it. So that is the key to what? Sacrifice. It cost them to give themselves money. And then apart from that, they also worked for free. Hallelujah. That is what we call sacrificial service in short. Working in the house of God or doing something for the people of God, that costs you something. Now, there, there's different type classes of course. There's one cost that you feel the pain. There's another cost that you don't get paid for. Like they gave, they don't get anything back. But there's another step up, uh, to the, to, I don't know, maybe to the third level that when they gave, it also cost them. It hurt them. It doesn't make sense. So if you have enough and you give, that's fine. If you have a lot of time, you, you work from maybe the whole week, you work three days a week. And so you have a lot of time on your hands. And so you spend more time working in the house, that is fine. But if you don't have time or you have to call out of work to be able to do something in the house of God, both of you are giving, but the one who is losing something just to be able to give, he or she is the one that is sacrificing. Hello? Does it make sense? So that is the gist of what sacrifice is about. So when we talk about sacrificial service, we are going to talk about sacrificial service in three areas. One, in giving, which we have already alluded to. Two, is in loving or love. And then the, th the third one is in worship. If you can sacrifice or as a believer, if you can live your life sacrificially in these three areas, you become like God. Tell anybody, you become like God. Hallelujah. Because you don't just give something that is abundant, but you can give something that costs you. That is the key. In the Greek, in the Greek, they said sacrifice, the Greek word for sacrifice is theor. T-H-O-O-R. I don't know how you say it, but from the place I went to high school, when I see T-H-O-O-R, I'm tempted to say theor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those of you who went to high school here, Kobe, how would you say that? T-H-O-O-R. Huh? Thor, right? Thor. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. So sacrifice means Thor. Hallelujah. Not Thor, but Thor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I wish I got your tongue. <laughs> Amen. Sacrifice basically means what? Thor. And let's see what the Greek understands of sacrifices. In Greek, when you say sacrifice, it means burn. Tell your neighbor, burn. Hallelujah. Burn. Smoke. Hello? Smoke. Not smoke cigarette, but smoke coming out of something. Hallelujah. That is what the Greek meaning of sacrifice is. And in, uh, a sacrifice, when they say sacrifice something, it means you are burning something. So if you are here and God demands of your sacrificial service, Literally, what we are trying to say is that you burn for God. Something pain in you. Something hurting you. When you burn something, it hurts. The last time I checked, if you touch the fire on the stove, how? No. You, when you go home, you try it. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Just don't take my word for it. Try it yourself when you go. Turn the stove on, let it turn blue, and bring your finger a little bit near it and see what you feel by what we mean burn. So in Greek, sacrifice is what? Burn. Sacrifice is smoke. We got to see smoke coming out of something. Something is on fire. That is what it means to sacrifice. Hallelujah. And so if 
you are a believer and nothing burns you. You don't burn. Nothing hurts you when you give of yourself. Now, you don't feel anything. Then, as, uh, uh, there are some people who say, I can't cry. A little bit is left. You, you are not complete yet. You are doing good. Tell your neighbor, you are doing good, neighbor. Oh, come on, say, neighbor, I can see you are doing so good. But you got to start burning for God. Hallelujah. You got to start being on fire, being burnt, being put on the, on the altar and be burnt, feeling the pain of being a believer, feeling the pain of loving, feeling the pain of giving, feeling the pain of doing something for God. That is when you can say, I am sacrificially serving God. We can all serve God, but our levels, the people who serve God and feel the pain, now they are serving God much better than those of us who are here. Now, let me tell you, some people, before they go to church, they have to sneak themselves in places and they are risking their lives. In some countries, if you go out there and you can buy big buildings like this and call a church, they, they will steal it. I mean, they will take it, snatch it from your hand. You can't just hold big Bibles and, and bluff around preaching. No. So when those people, those believers are doing it, and I'm doing it in a free country, you can't compare us. They are feeling the pain. I am just enjoying what I got to do. Hallelujah. And so that is the difference between a sacrificial service and a service which is not sacrificial. And I'm praying that by the end of this service, you will, you will yearn to be belonging to a group of believers who sacrifice in their service. Now, let's start with giving. Go to 2 Samuel 24, verse 18. You are there for me, right? Okay, let's move from, it says 2 Samuel 24. I think I hit the wrong one here. 2 Samuel 24, 18. And God came, and God, sorry, God, and God, God is a prophet. And God came that day to David and said to him, Go up, erect an altar to the Lord. On the threshing floor of Arona, the Jebusite. Yes, next verse. Run with me. Next verse. 19. Oh, my brother. 19. So David, according to the word of God, went up as the Lord commanded. Okay, 20. Now Arona looked and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So Arona went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. 21. 21. Then Arona said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you, to build an altar to the lord, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. 22. Now Arana said to David, Let my lord the king take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and trusting floor. Oh, come on, you, you, go to, you went too fast. Here are burnt oxen for sacrifice and trusting floor implements and the yokes of the oxen for wood. Yes. All these, O King Narona, has given to the king. And Narona said to the king, My lord, your God has made the Lord your God accept you. Yes, next verse. Then the king said to Arana, No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer a burnt offering or burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. Hallelujah. All right. So this is the key. I'm just a gist of the story. David had made a mistake. He had sinned. And then the Lord had brought a plague to the land, you know, to destroy uh, some of the people, some of the, for punishment, basically, for what David did. And then um, uh, the, the, uh, the prophet had come to, well, when, when, the, when the angel of the Lord who was destroying 
the land came to a place called Arana, the, 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 the angel stopped. God stopped him and said, it's enough. You are destroying too many of the people of God. I wanted to punish them, but you are going too far. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, right in Arana, the prophet of God, God told the prophet, go tell David to build me an altar in Arana. So, forget about Arana, Manchester. That's easier. So, go tell the prophet to build me uh, an altar in Manchester, right? And so, David went to the place where the, the treasure, a place where it was good to build a great altar to sacrifice unto the Lord. And when David got there, the landowner said, uh, Ken, if you actually need a land to build an altar for the Lord, take that land. That land is my own. You are the king. Take it, build an altar. As a matter of fact, this guy was so genuine. He said, I'm not only giving you the land, I'm also going to give you the ox, the animals to sacrifice the altar on. And not only that, I'm going to give you wood, the firewood to burn even the, the animals on it. So the, 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 sacri the, the sacrifice that David was supposed to, to, to give to God was set. He was ready. All he got to do is to put the things together. And David said, no. Tell your neighbor, no. Oh, come on, say, neighbor, I'm learning to sacrifice. No, hallelujah. So the, David said, no, I don't give anything to God. That does not cost me nothing. Sacrificial service. It's not sin for David to have taken God. When God, uh, when the prophet came, he didn't say, you have to buy that land. And when you go, you have to buy the cattle. You have to buy the wood. No. All God wanted was an altar build, sacrifice come to heaven. And so David wouldn't have been sinning to say that, oh, I take it. Thank you. After all, I'm the king. If you give me the land, it's my own land. You know, when I was doing this, I, I talked about some cases, some places where we were born. The king come for your land and then you, you say for free. Before he even came, he has sold it to another person. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are around that the land wouldn't even be yours. <laughs> but David understood the kind of God he was serving. He said that, hey, even though I'm the king, and I like the fact that you want to make sure that this plague goes away and you be part of my sacrifice. No, no, but this thing must cost me something. And so the king, even though he had ownership over the entire land, had to still pay just to make sure that the sacrifice he was giving to God was costing him. That is why the Greek word for sacrifice means to burn. It has to hurt. If it doesn't hurt, it ain't no sacrifice. Hello? If it doesn't hurt, it ain't no sacrifice. Hallelujah. Amen. When we tell young people, stay out of, you know, premarital sex and don't do those drugs hurts if you decide not to do it. It hurts when everybody looks at you and thinks you are weird. They look at you and they're like, you, what, what's wrong with you? We are all going to these places, all these clubs. When you, I used to work in a place in Hartford and every Friday evening when you get there, the club, the traffic is because the club, oh my goodness, hallelujah, club life. You hear the music and the funny thing is they got these pots that we got back home and they will be, they will be grilling beside not easy. If you don't take it, you'll be tempted. You smell the smell of booze. You know, nice booze smell. Oh, this is not my goodness. Hallelujah. Hello. So if you tell me don't go there and you don't, you are sacrificing and hurting because other people feel they are enjoying. They are having the best of their time. They are young. They are youth. They got to, you know, screw up a little bit, you know, just to taste how life is. And yet you, your daddy tells you, your dad tells you don't do those things because you are a believer. It hurts. Now those who live like they will do everything, it doesn't hurt. So it ain't no sacrifice. This journey of Christendom is a life of sacrifice. And that is why David said that, hey, I'm not going to sacrifice anything to God. That costs me nothing. That's a cheap offer. That's a cheap giving. That's a cheap sacrifice to God. And I, am, I understand enough my work with the Lord that if I want to show God that I love him, it must cost me something. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's use this as a segue to love using sacrifice. You may be here married or not married, but the only time you give 
is when it costs you nothing. There ain't no sacrifice or sacrificial service in your, in your life. You only give your wife gifts when it is on sale. Hello? The only time you buy your kids stuff is when you went and it was buy one, get one free. Hello? It ain't costing you much. The value you are placing on that, on that person is diminished. When you, I mean, I'm, don't take me wrong. I mean, we got to be smart shoppers, right? But if the only time you give is when it is on sale, when it is on clearance, when you go and the sticker is yellow with the red ink on clearance, Oh, hello. We, we, you, you know, when you shop, you want to see those things too, right? Hello? Love must cost you something. Are you, are, are you hearing something? Hallelujah. Sacrificial life. Love must cost you. So ladies, the next time your husband give you, gives you something, check the sticker. Hallelujah. Amen. If it's a yellow sticker, mark down. Tell them, do I cost more than this? <laughs> Hallelujah. Did they cost you? Ask them, did this gift you are giving me cost you something? Did it hurt? Same for the men too. Hallelujah. Let's ask them, did this cost you? Beloved, if it doesn't cost you, it's not a sacrifice. And the thing, we, we are going to see why it is important to give only when it costs you. Not only when, but learn to give when it costs you. Because that is the divine way of doing things. And if you learn to do things that way, you are blessed. Hallelujah. So that is how we show love. Love gives, but what do you give? Does it cost you? Let that person appreciate the fact that you, 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 you are not just doing it because it's convenient, but it's actually inconveniencing you. Hallelujah. When you have to sleep, you just came from work. You are really tired and your husband needs something, hallelujah, or your mother or your dad that you live with, they need something, very, very tired. And you say that, I am tired, leave me alone, I got to chill, I got to rest. Cool, it's true, you are, you are, it's not sin. But if you want to show them another, another, another step of love, if you, want to, if you want to tell them that you, you might, you, you know, you are, you are so good that it's good to cost me. You can sacrifice a little bit of sleep. And say, that, you know what? I should have gone to bed at eight. But because of how valuable you are, because of the love I have for you, I'm going to sacrifice and go to bed at 8.30. Just because of you. It is costing you. That is divine. Hallelujah. Those things make marriages work. Hallelujah. Amen. So ladies, always tired. Every day, as for you, every day you are tired. Every day. And we understand. Every day, every day. Because every day you go to work and you come late, every day you are tired. Sacrifice some more. Hello? Oh, come on. Don't, 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 don't quiet now on me. <laughs> Amen. Sacrifice. Sacrificial service is one that calculates and says that, you know what? I should be doing this. But may it cost me a little bit just because of you. And we, when you learn to do that at home, it's not difficult when we are raising funds because you already learn it. Practically, you have that at home, in your school work, in your work projects, you know, in everything. You, you are learning to give of yourself a little bit. We don't say that all the time. You do, every day you don't have life. No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. But feeling that sometimes you need to go the extra mile just to make the other person you said you love feel some comfort. Just, just a little bit of the feel. Is, is that how I say it? <laughs> oh my goodness. Hallelujah. Just a little bit of the T-H-O-O-R. The pain. Just a little bit of the pain. Just a little bit of the discomfort. There's a little bit of, you know, the, 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 the pain, the, 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 the lack. Sometimes it's, it's, it's the losing money. Just a little bit of that. Just a little bit of the losing some cash, some savings because you want to let the other person feel loved or you want to show your love. 
Hallelujah. That is giving of yourself. So that is a great example. I cannot talk about sacrifice without mentioning. I mean, it beats my mind. You, you, you are the king. You own the land. Well, granted, Arana had bought and purchased the land. You are still the king. You didn't ask this man anything. He says, take it. Perhaps he has multiple plots. For all you know, Arana had acres of land. So if this is what you want, take it, king. And the king says, no, I won't take it. Ah, king. The king says, take the land. Not only that, I'll give you the cattle. I'll give you the wood. Just burn the sacrifice. After all, I'm also a beneficiary. Because if the plague stops, I also live free. So what is wrong with David saying, oh, thank you. You understand. If it was you and I said, oh, thank you, Dave. <laughs> thank you, brother Dave. You, you, you caught the vision. The Lord had revealed it to you. <laughs> My goodness. This is a brother on fire. Yes, that is what we would have said. But no, David said, no. I don't give anything to the one I love unless it costs me. No, God must feel my pain. God must feel that this church that I'm going in this weather, it costs me. This place that I drive from, some of you driving from New Britain, some, of, some, of, some people are going to drive from New Haven to this place, I'm telling you. But when it comes to that point, it is not because it is fun just to drive. It's not because it's fun just, just, just to be on the highway and burn gas, especially in the day when gas sells over $3. No, it's not just the fun of it. It is the sacrifice. It is the loving of God's work. And, and, and not even things, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you never even talk about how much gas you spend from coming here. I, I haven't even talked about it. I haven't talked about it. I live a little farther. Some of you live even farther. And it never even, my, you know, because I love to be here. And that is the sense of sacrifice that we want to adapt. The every kind of sacrifice. Hallelujah. That everything that you, you hold dear must feel the burn, the fuel, the, the, the fire. There must be a smoke on it. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, it is a divine thing. When God gave us, uh, you know, forgiveness, right from the beginning, even for God to forgive people, his people, we say, bring sacrifice. The reason is not God enjoying in the fact that, uh, you know, smoke animal is burning. God doesn't eat smoke. God doesn't eat the animals. But the key, the secret is that there has to be pain somewhere. Some, somebody has to show some pain. Hallelujah. So the animal being killed signifies you being in pain. And then God looks down and says, uh, you love me much so I forgive you. Hallelujah. And as we, when we get to the end, we wrap it up with what Jesus did in that regard. But yes, let's move on and just uh, wrap up quick. The next one is your, hallelujah, amen, amen. When, when we're talking about love, I'm not done with the love, I was almost skipping do you know Jesus made a proof? Let's go to Matthew. I think it's Matthew chapter number 5, verse 43 to 44. Matthew 5. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Yes? But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. Now, this is a whole different level. And this is when sacrifice comes in. Now, Jesus is saying that you have heard. It's been told that if somebody loves you, love them back. Hallelujah. If somebody loves you, love them back. If you had a party and they came, make sure you go too when they're also having a party. If you had a baby shower and they came, look at the list. Make sure when their time comes, you also buy something. Hallelujah. That one, it is normal. If you had a problem and they called you, re remember that person called you. D did you call them when, when they, something happened? That is what 
the world says we should do. He said, you have heard that love those who love you. But then he said, go back one more. He said that now, no, 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 where are you? Go back, yes. You, you left, no, we are not in Ezra, bro. We are in Matthew, you were in Matthew, yes. Go back to where we began in Matthew. So you have heard in 43, it says that you have heard that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Good. And then verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. How is that possible? That is what we mean by divine. This is only divine. Now, we were talking about loving and showing sacrifice for those who love you, your own wife, your own children, your own husbands. This is to a whole new level. Jesus is saying that not only should you sacrifice and love those who love you, but love those who you should hate. Those who hate you. If you hate me, the, the right thing I should do, even if I don't hate you back, at least just go your way, I'm going my way. But that's not where Jesus left. He said that if you hate me, that is when I should love you. Now, this is another throw moment. If you don't have sacrifice, if you don't have that burn, if the Lord doesn't help, if you do not move to that level where you can do it, there's no way you can love your enemies. And up to today, it's still, I'm hoping I don't have enemies, but I still can't fathom somebody really persecuting me and I'm, I'm still loving them. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, I'm, I got to be honest. I, I, I don't know about you. You are angels. I know you, you are an angel. <laughs> I can tell you, you are an angel woman right there. But me, a man, I cannot see myself just loving somebody who has shown that they hate me. They already, make, the Bible says that they are your enemy, so you know they don't want you well. They are praying that you fall. They are praying that when you go to your car, something hits you. They are praying that when you are at work, you will get fired. They are praying that, they are praying that you will be demoted. Everything about you, they don't want you to excel. And they, Jesus say, love them. You got to be able to be at a place where you have sacrificial love. If you can do this, it has to hurt you. It is a sacrifice. You cannot love somebody and that hates you and doesn't hurt. Ah, I don't feel you. You cannot love somebody who hates you and it doesn't hurt you. It must hurt you. To, you, you try it. You haven't tried. But, I mean, I've tried on one person. I'm not going to say who that person is. <laughs> But those of you in my family, they know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Try it. It is painful to, to not create an atmosphere that looks like, but to genuinely love them. The person who has avowed. <sighs> my goodness. My goodness. My goodness. The, the good thing that I like about this is that he didn't extend it to loving demons, because those people, <laughs> hallelujah, those people are wicked. And so if you are my enemy and you are possessed, demon, that one, I may not be able to, <laughs> hallelujah, because something spiritual is doing with you. But even in that, I will close my eyes to the demon which is at work in you and love the person that I see. That is the command that God is saying. So sacrifice takes love to a whole new level. If you can love the person who despitefully use you, the person who looks down on you, the person who makes fun of you, oh, those of you in school, the person who bullies you, the person who makes you feel like you are nothing, you know, the in-laws that you are never, ever going to please. You know, some in-laws, you can, you, you can lie down and then walk on you, walk on you, walk on you they will still not be pleased. Whether it's a brother-in-law, whether it's a sister-in-law, whether it's a mother-in-law, I don't care. All I know is that some of them, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you will not please, you will not get a smile. They may have one thing that they are dwelling on and until that thing changes, however much you can or cannot, 
it may not change. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so for the life of you and your husband or your wife, that person will not be pleased. And yet, you know, the, 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 the great thing to do is to say that, honey, let's move on. You know, this person will never give in. You know, this person will never understand. You know, let's just, you know, ignore them. No, Christ is saying that even that person, he or she is the person you gift on Christmas. You wrap your best gift and you let them feel so special. Ah, and then they will, they will pick it up. Even though when you are buying, it hurts because you know this person doesn't like you. You know they hate you. And yet, because of the sacrificial life of Christ in you, you do it anyway. And then, and then you give it out of a genuine heart. When you do that, you have entered the realms of the divine. Tell your neighbor, when you do that, you enter the realms of the divine. Hallelujah. My goodness. It doesn't matter who. I mean, I, I use in-laws as an example. It could be a boss. It could be a supervisor. It could be even your own sibling. It could be anybody you can imagine. Who has an... They may not tell you plainly that I, I don't like you. As a matter of fact, when they say it, it's easier because sometimes <laughs> you watch yourselves, right? Some of these people we work with, some of these people we, 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 we roam around with, they will give you a fake smile. They smile, hi, hi. And then the moment your face is here, so they hire you when you are face to face and then they frown you when your back is facing them. And yet you have found out, you have figured there's something about this person. He or she doesn't like me. Chill! Tell your neighbor, chill. Just enter into the realms of sacrifice. Hallelujah. Amen. And give them the best love, the best attention. Not condescending like they do, but genuine, genuinely showing the love of Christ. Treating them to the same level as the people you love. The people who love you. If you're buying gifts for the people who love you, buying the same thing, perhaps even more, to those who hate you. They will receive it and Christ will speak to their hearts. You don't need to say anything. You don't need to beg them for their love. But the Lord himself, because you have entered the realms of the divine, the divine itself will work for you. And that's why the Bible says that if a man's ways pleases God, he makes peace with his enemies. Kaya masaka tanderebo. Zobros yakate inderebo sakata. That is why scripture is saying that it's not by trying to convince them to like you because you're a new person. No. But when you have loved them, according to what scripture is saying, love your neighbors. Love those who spitefully use you. Those who treat you with disrespect. Those who, who, who look down on you. They don't even read your resume and they already say you are no you are not to any good. How? You didn't even read it. You didn't even read my application. Just my appearance, you are judging me. Those, even those, if you can love them, if you can love them like Christ saying, then you enter into the realms of divine. And the Bible says that when a man's ways pleases God, that is how you please God, right? By loving your enemies. According to Christ, this is a direct this is not my interpretation. If you can love those who spitefully, spitefully use the enemies, your way is going to please God. God himself will take the peacemaking into his own hands. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the next thing, we still have some time. The next thing is when you sacrifice in worship. In worship. Now, in worship, worship includes giving your tithe, Raising your hands, doing everything that scripture says you should do. That, that, you know, that's our spiritual act of service. We do that all the time, right? That is, that is what it is. But then, when you can go to the extent when it costs you. You know, I have given tithes before and my account went negative. I don't know about you. Oh yeah, even though, you know, tithe is 90, uh, 10%, you keep 90 my mismanagement, I blew the 90, and when I tight went, it got negative. Hello? Yeah, I mean, that's life. So it cost me double. 
oh my, 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 my. I don't know about your bank, but my bank, if it goes negative, you charge $35 on top. Hallelujah. Amen. Hello? But because I understand why I do what I do, it's okay. I got to put my own financial house in order. That way, it won't, because to be honest, if I'm keeping 90, 10% shouldn't make the account negative, right? It means I, I'm doing something right, which these days I'm, I'm trying to fix. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, I'm human. You, you are angels, I know. I'm speaking to angels, but I'm, I'm, I'm here. Hallelujah. Amen. But the key I'm bringing down is that tight must cost you. If giving tight doesn't cost you, then you are not making enough money. Those of you who are making thousands of dollars, if you make 100,000 and you are giving 10, that's huge. Somebody can tell you, ah, but huge, 10,000, you know you could, you could buy a property with $10,000 down payment. That is when it costs you. But if you are making 200 and you are putting 20, it may not seem big. But when it costs you, even when you have little, then God will expand it because he knows that in your little, you are able to what? Give. Therefore, if he gives more, you can also give more. But that is another act of sacrifice that you have to do. Some people don't want to sacrifice. I've, I've seen preachers preaching, and they are saying that, oh, tithe is in the Old Testament. They are lying. They don't want to tithe. They don't want to give it anymore because it costs, they look at the money. This money, if I bring it to where I came from, I know some of you come from somewhere. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. This money, if I bring it every month, every week, you say I should pay this to tithe. If I bring this money every week or every month to where I came from, you know the mansion that I can put up? Oh, come on, man. Hallelujah. And you call it tithe. If you love God, it must cost you. If it doesn't cost, it's not enough. The one that doesn't cost, that's what Jesus is saying. As for that, everybody can do it. Even, and I love the way he said, he said even the tax collectors. You know how cheaty the tax collectors were? You, you have heard about the story of Zacchaeus, right? Cheats. And Jesus said that even those cheats, they know to do those things. Those, so if you're a believer and you're just doing the little surface things, they still got something for you to do. Hallelujah. So tight giving is an act of worship and it's a sacrifice. Trust me. If you do not see it as a spiritual act of service to God, it will come to a point, somebody will tell you that, ah, this money, don't you think this thing belongs to the Old Testament? Just so that they can convenience themselves and no pay. Some people say, oh, I'll pay it in, 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 uh, to another church because that's where they prayed for me and I traveled. Oh, you are lying bad. Hallelujah. It's because you don't want to be faithful because if you are faithful, you will pay it here. Hallelujah. The other church doesn't know how much you're making. But we know because we live in the U.S. Hallelujah. So that is an act of worship. Now, let's read something in the interest of time. We still got some time. Presiding, let me know if I got to <laughs> cut it off. <laughs> Hallelujah. Second Chronicles. Well, before Second Chronicles, let's go to um, First Kings. And then we'll be wrapping up with Second Chronicles. First Kings 3, 4 to 5. Quickly. Show you a little secret about what sacrifice does in terms of giving and worship. Thank you. Now, the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. High place. Solomon offered a thousand, at M means one, one thousand burnt offerings on the altar. Next. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared the moment. This man sacrificed. And the key word is he sacrificed. It doesn't mean he had more. So when I call a sacrifice, it may have not been easy to come up with a thousand cattle. But the act of giving it to God is also called sacrifice, right? He offered or slaughtered 1,000 cows. 1,000 cattle. 1,000 bulls, however you call it. 1,000 in our day, 1,000 is so small, 1,000 cattle in one day burnt them and offered to God. And the moment he did that, the next verse, he said that, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. <laughs> Sacrifice brings God down. When you offer to God your act of worship, be it 
Give him money. Be it lifting up hands to worship from a deeply held heart of cherish to God. God will come. And God will not just come and say, Hey, Solomon, that sacrifice you gave, that was huge. Now ask me, what do you want? So if you are looking for something in this life, you may be looking for a child, maybe looking for a job, looking for a wife, looking for a husband. If you have not learned to sacrifice, remembering that sacrifice is that which cost you, not in your comfort, you know, just, oh, my dash, you know, I ate, I give you a tip. No, but something that is beyond, oh, that's why I like to use the Greek, Thor, hallelujah. Something that burns the flesh, something that has smoke after it. When you give, you see smoke going to heaven. If you learn to do that, that need, that particular issue that seems to be stagnant in your life, it doesn't move. Try sacrifice. Because if you do a real sacrifice from which cost you, the Lord will show up the next morning and ask you, he will tap you, hey, sister, what do you want me to do for you? You have been praying for too long. You have said all those tongues. You have said all those mysteries. You have gone to the prophets. The prophets have been conjoining and making all those things claims for you. But you are yet to sacrifice. You are yet to give to God that which costs you. When Solomon did it, that was the first time God appeared to you. Boom! God showed up. Solomon, what do you want? Thousand sacrifice? Hey, what do you want? Now, let's go to uh, uh, Chronicles. Second Chronicles. That was the first time God showed up. Now, let's go to Second Chronicles. Two, uh, Second Chronicles 7 and verse... Uh, I wrote verse 1 to 12, but in the interest of time, let's see if we can cut it short. Second Chronicles. Let's go to verse 5. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of, read with me, if your Bible is yours, 22,000 booths. Hello? What is a boo? I want to make sure that I know what I'm, what is a boo? I, I know a boo, but I want to know what is a boo. Those of you who were uh, high school, say, what is a boo? You know what boo is? You never watched Michael Jordan? Oh, you were little. You were not born. Chicago Bulls. When I hear boo, you see that, right? Okay, what is a boo? Yes. Anybody else? What is it? Male cow. Solomon, the Bible says that he offered how many? 20,000 and 2,000. 22,000 male cows. Beginning in the beginning, when he first became a king, yes. Male, male. Male or cattle? Male cattle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope the point is clear though. Male cattle. Hallelujah. Thank God for the checks and balances. Amen. Male cattle. That even sounds better. Male cattle. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Solomon offered 20,002. His first instance of sacrificing, he offered 1,000. Second time around, he has offered 22,000. And he didn't end it there. What else did he do? 120,000 sheep. 120,000 sheep. Now, numbers in our time, you may not think is small. But now, right now as we speak, go out to where they sell cattle. And ask them you want to buy 22,000 cattle and see how much it will cost you. Now, bring this back to their time where it was even more difficult to produce these large heads of animals. 
and see how much cost that was to this man. But he knew, because after he gave a thousand, he knew what God did. That was the first time God said, what can I do for you? And as a matter of fact, after this, God went again. Oh my God. That's what I'm saying. If you are looking for something, quit going from prophet to prophet. Offer yourself a living sacrifice. Scripture says in Romans chapter number 12, verse 1 and 2, that we should offer ourselves a living sacrifice. You may not have 22,000 bulls. You may not have 120,000 sheep. But the little you have, as long as it costs you something, as long as there is the T-H-O-O-R, that fire, that heat, as long as there's a heat somewhere, as long as there's a pain somewhere, as long as there's, there's a pinch, you give it and you look, how is the next mortgage going to come? We, we did some offering last time and my wife and I gave some money. And when we went back home, an argument started, we gave it, but now we argue, how, how is things going to work out? Hallelujah. And we are here, it's still worked out. <laughs> Hallelujah. It still worked out. Amen? So, offer that which costs you. No matter how it is, just remember that your act of worship is a service of sacrifice. Now, I'm wrapping up. And I want to use Jesus as the last part. Now, some people only give because they will give back. Because God said that, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure press down, shaking together. So anytime we are giving, we are giving because it shall be given back. That is not sacrificial service. When I, when I got this message, I realized that next time I'm giving, I shouldn't think because God will give me back. Now, if you are giving tight and it's because of Malachi 3, uh, 10 to 12, that says that the windows of heaven shall be opened and then the devourer shall be killed. Forget it. It's not sacrifice. You are given because you want God to secure your job. I mean, it's true God says that. But when go to the next level of your faith, where, whether God provides or not, you are given because you love him. Makata. Because it costs you. You want it to cost you. And sometimes you can even pray and say, God, don't bother giving me back because I want to feel the pain. Ah, like David. I'm not going to pray that prayer. But you can pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, I'm not going to tell God, don't give me back. That's for that. Leave it to him. That will leave it to him. But I just want to make an example here. Let it cost you. When you are giving, don't expect anything back from God. That is your sacrifice. And that is where you go to the realms of the divine. So as we conclude, Jesus Christ gave of himself the ultimate sacrifice. Ultimate sacrifice. He didn't have to do it. And that is the stunning thing about it. It was... Something that cost him to the extent that even at some point he was not sure. He should actually do this. I'm a whole God. I'm staying in a place where these, these people look at even us. Just, just to bring some. Even we among, among us, if somebody is cocky, if somebody is unknowing and you live with them, how you want to just boot them off? So, this guy is so unknowing. This girl is so unknowing. This, I don't want to be around him. And how unknowing we are, and, and the whole God come down in the flesh to dwell among us. I, I wonder how itchy he was to, go, to get out of here. Hallelujah. How bad we are. Feel this sinful. All the things we do are to destroy. And yet, he did not look on that. He came and sacrificed himself so that you and I can partake of the heavenly things of God. Hallelujah. So next time you think sac sacrificing is costing you so much, remember what Jesus did. For him, he had to die. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm saying this now, wrap up. Sometimes somebody asks a question. So you, if you are in the house with your wife or your husband and something is coming, will you sacrifice your life for your wife? I say, no, I'm not because Jesus already sacrificed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, because you don't want to face that. I said, yeah, I mean, I'm not. Jesus sacrificed. Nothing like that should happen to the extent that I have to sacrifice my life again. Jesus already did. So I'm bringing it to you. Even as, have you thought about it? 
and yet a God. You know, I mean, for you and I, we are equal, right? But for a God to come down to the realms of the flesh, realms of sin. The Bible says that when he hung on the tree, he said, why have you forsaken me? Why? Because he carried all the weight of our sins on him. So at that time when he was on the cross, God had to, the Father had to turn away because there was so much sin God was seeing. And it was your sin. I wasn't born, but my sin was carried there because he paid the price even before I was born. The sins of the world, so heavy on him to the extent that the Father had to look away. What a mighty sacrifice. So next time you sacrifice, don't, don't be like you are doing so much because somebody has done beyond what you are doing. Beyond what you can ever do. Hallelujah. Somebody has done it. And, and the, the, the good thing about it is he, he did not just do it. Even after he finished and he said, it is done, he had sealed your salvation. He is staying in heaven now, waiting for you to join at the appropriate time. But until you join, he is making sure that you walk through the right paths. He is, you know, you know, every day you go to church, that prayer meeting, he is, you know, how do you say it in English? Or dan dan no, in English. You know, like you are grilling. You know, you don't want it to be banned. A little, you know, you flip it over. You flip it over, making sure that your life turns all right. The Bible says in Jeremiah that I know the thoughts that think concerning you. He has planned your future outright. He is staying and pleading for your sake. That is what the Lord has done. So as we enter into a time of dining with the Lord, I want you to look on that sacrifice <coughs> and ask yourself, what else can I do in this Christian journey that would take me from the realms of the normal Christian life to the realms of the divine where I can stretch forth my hands a little bit and make a difference in somebody's life? What can you do? Close your eyes. Ask God, God, in which area can I sacrifice in which area should I inculcate the act of sacrifice? Is it in loving my family? Is it in loving you more? Is it in doing the things that I hitherto thought I couldn't do? Is it in even cherishing and appreciating those who hate us? They are the checks and balances for our lives. Is it in giving my tithe? Is it in, is it in even service? what I can do in this church. So I'm always busy. But can I count an hour here and there and do something, Lord? Something that will cost me my comfort a little bit. Pray. Talk to God. Mighty God, we pray. Rasamiki yasandorobo. In the name of Jesus. I want you to pray and thank God for, for Jesus. We are thanking God for his, his, his enormous and tremendous gift of Jesus. He didn't have to do this for us. Oh, but you and I are here today because of one man's sacrifice. If all of us could sacrifice like this, Oh my, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this great sacrifice. Thank you, thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for this great sacrifice. Thank you for paying the ransom for my salvation by the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus did. In the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to talk to God and ask Him to forgive you as we dine with the Lord. Nothing should prevent you from coming and dining with the Lord. We are all qualified. As long as you have been baptized by immersion in water, you have accepted the Lord as your Savior. If you are going to pray that God forgive me of any sin, if you live in any sin, God can forgive you right now, instant, and you can join. As long as you don't go back, if you are going to go back and do the same things, then you have not repented. But if you ask God, forgive me as I leave this place, I'm not going back to that old relationship. I'm not going back to that bad lifestyle. I'm not going back to that drinking. I'm not going back to those things. Then yes, you can come and dine with the Lord. 
because He sacrificed for your sake. He has promised He will never fail. I will hang on Him. I will hang on Him. He has promised He will never fail. His faithfulness is forevermore. His faithfulness 